Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions, always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Chapter 5 of the PAL and Season 2 of the PAL with using Picker Elvis Treasury from Art Scroll. Let's go to 5-1. Hey, Aleph, with the opening intro to every parakel, all Israel has a share in the world to come, Shenemar, as it says, your people are all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, a branch of my plantings, my handiwork in which to take pride, we all have a share, we just have to make sure that we get it. With 10 utterances, the world was created. What does this come to teach us? What does this come to teach us? Indeed, could it not have been created with one utterance? God could have created it with one flick of a wrist, with one syllable, with one letter. Why 10 mamaros? This was the exact punishment from the wicked who destroy the world that was created with ten utterances. This is what the wicked does. And to bestow goodly reward upon the righteous who sustain the world that was created with ten utterances. So what's going on here in this Mishnah? Let's see if we can get to the bottom of it. This chapter, in addition to ethical and moral teachings, includes historical information and several of the foundation principles of creation. It begins with numerical sets, the first of which is the ten utterances of creation, a fundamental Torah doctrine from Eri. Ten utterances, the entire cosmos, and all that it contains was created when God called it into existence. This act of creation was comprised of a series of ten utterances that appear in the account of creation. In the first chapter of Genesis, the Talmud and Rosh Hashanah notes that the term Vayomar, Vayomer, and God said, appears only nine times, and the tenth is the word Bereshis in the beginning with which the Torah begins. That term refers to the creation of heaven and earth, as mentioned in Genesis 1.1. Vilna Golan explains the ten utterances. One, in the beginning of God's creating the heavens and earth, in the beginning of Genesis, God said, let there be light, is the second, God said, let there be a firmament, it's the third, God said, let the waters beneath the heaven be gathered into one area, let the dry land appear, that was the fourth. The fifth is, God said, let the earth sprout vegetation. The sixth is, God said, let there be luminaries in the firmament of the heaven. The seventh is, God said, let the waters teem with teeming living creatures. The eighth is, God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures. This is all in Genesis chapter 1. The ninth is, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That is in the same chapter. That's number nine. Number ten, God said, behold, I have given to you all herbage yielding seed that is on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree that is seed yielding fruit, it shall be yours for food. Horatius Rabbah and Pirkei Rabbi Lezer alternately reckon how the ten utterances go, but this was how the Vilna Gon says it. What does it come to teach us? Rav Yonah views the mission's main question as the second one i.e., why did God not bring the entire universe into existence with one utterance? According to Maharal, however, the real question is the first one. What are we to learn from the fact that God created the world with ten utterances? Medrash Shemot tells us the mission incorporates both questions. Why did the creation necessitate ten separate utterances? And for what purpose did the Torah inform us of this? Are the questions. Rav understands the third way of a question. Why did God spread the different elements of creation over a period of six days rather than doing one day? 
So to exact punishment from the wicked who destroy the world with Tedron, uh, that was created with Ted utterances. Each element of creation was brought into existence with a separate utterance to teach man that every part of creation is important, part of an ordered system. One who ruins the world through his wicked conduct has destroyed something of great value, for the human soul has the capacity to maintain and perfect the universe, and by sinning, a person harms his soul, which is the focal point of this ordered system. From Rambam, Rav, Based on Abu Surabhan Nassim interprets the Mishnah as expressing the maxim, Whoever destroys even one Jewish soul is considered to have destroyed an entire world, which seemingly is the converse of whoever saves one person is like they saved the entire world. The world referred to in this statement is man's own inner world, his soul. Let's go down to the bottom. A prerequisite for honor. Rabbi Yitzchak Hutner notes that diversity is required in God's scheme because it enables us to keep the world in existence. How so? By performing the commandments of the Torah, man asserts that the purpose of creation is to honor God. By definition, honor, quote-unquote, implies the recognition that not all things or people are of equal value because if all things are of equal worth, it's impossible to say that one should be honored more than another. The existence of multiple levels of value, however, is possible only in a world of diversity, not in a world of uniformity. Thus, the ten utterances, which establish the principle of diversity in the world, were a prerequisite to the concept of honor, thus enabling man to honor God. By fulfilling the Torah and the merit of which the world continues to exist, diversity, therefore, is one of the practical underpinnings of the functional world. See Pachad Shavuos. And to bestow goodly reward upon the righteous who sustain the world that was created with the ten utterances, the world was created to give man a place in which to serve God. Those who do so sustain the world, as Rav Yonah says, and are entitled to great reward, as Rashi says. The world was created with ten utterances in order to grant greater reward to the righteous for sustaining such a complex and supremely important system, as Me'iri says. Safas Emes renders Mekayimin as validate, as in Kiyam Shtar's validation of his signatures on a document through following the godly path the righteous attest to the fact that God created and sustains the world, and they legitimate his creation. According to Chassid Yavitz, the world was created in steps rather than all at once to teach that man is the raison d'etre of creation. Each utterance brought the world closer to its purpose, the existence of righteous human beings who are deserving of God's beneficence. Lastly, another reason for the ten utterances may be that diversity camouflages the oneness of the God who created all. Only man can pierce this veil of diversity and recognize the world as a unified entity under God. The world was created with ten utterances to support the principle of man's free choice, giving him the opportunity, God forbid, to perceive existence as comprised of disparate elements that come from different sources. But righteous people who see beyond this facade are amply rewarded for the recognition of creation as a unified whole, the work of one God. So this this chapter has interesting numbers, numbers that mean different things and teach us lots of things. And join us next time as we talk about 10 generations going from Adam to Noah and to see what happens there here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.